0: My name is Alina Johnson, and I'm a shadow worker, but also much more than that. And um, what I do and what I'm really enthusiastic and jazzed up about is really bringing light and consciousness to your subconscious mind. So everything that gets stored in your subconscious mind from birth to now, traumas, everything in between, how we can bring more mindfulness or consciousness to those belief systems, traumas, and perceptions. So we can live a more fulfilling, more enlightened, whatever that means, you know, life for every individual. And that it will differ for everybody.
1: And I think a lot of people associate shadow work with uh manifestation and how you have to unblock your shadows in order to
0: manifest the life you want yeah yeah it's um it, that's part of it you know and i think that's probably the woo side part of it you know that people like to gravitate towards because people are kind of on that manifestation train mm-hmm. um but that Term was actually coined by Carl Jung. So if you're anything remotely in the psychology field, you'll know that shadow is just anything in the subconscious mind. Um, So it's really, and I really do overlap the spirituality aspect to the psychology aspect and the science of it, um, that enlightenment is shadow work, right? Just bringing consciousness and light to your subconscious, which is the shadow is an enlightenment process. So whether that you call that something spiritual or you just call that something psychological, it's really the same
1: thing. Right, so it's kind of like, it's something for everyone, whether you don't identify with any of the woo-woo stuff, it's a huge, something you can get behind because it's more psychological and science-based but it's also, if you look at it through a different lens, some people need the spiritual
0: lens. Totally, right. And I think it really is all the same. Yeah, because some people just don't buy into the woo-woo stuff, but the more that I kind of do my work and dig into all of that, it's just a realization of like, wow, it's all really the same thing. You know, the label's just different.
1: So how did you get into this work and what was your journey with realizing that this was something you wanted to do? Actually, the reason
0: why I ended up doing shadow work as work, right, and working with people and kind of coming back full circle is because, again, I was going through my own internal chaos. Um, and was kind of questioning a lot of stuff and questioning my internal belief system because nothing in my physical reality was working out the way that I internally wanted it to, right, and that internal dialogue. The things that I was saying that I wanted wasn't happening. Um, All the stuff that I wanted to quote-unquote manifest wasn't happening, and so I had to really dig deeper to understand what are my belief systems, what are the traumas that are holding me back, and really working on those things in order to kind of free the energy and free myself from um, kind of repeating the same old story over and over again.
1: How How do people know if this is the right time for them to begin shadow work and what can draw them towards working on
0: themselves in this way? You will know deep in your gut and in your heart, like whether this is something you wanna do. And I always preface it by saying, it's not gonna be easy, it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be a lot of hard work. But even though I say those things as kind of like a forewarning, I guess, they still want to say yes. Like there's there's still something really exciting and really like yes about their whole like energy that they want to do it. So that's kind of how they know that that, that type of work is for them. But with any type of process, with any type of therapy or modality, it's usually like short lived, like you do it. And uh, for as long as you know, you need it, and then you drop it and then you find something else. And then you do that for as long. So it's this like progressive layered effect.
1: How is shadow work different
0: from working with a therapist? So therapy is a type of shadow work. It it is. Um, But typically what happens with therapy for, for someone that hasn't had any type of therapy or awareness, right? Whether that's mindfulness or um, even like a spiritual practice, right? Or a meditation practice. Therapy is really great, right? This is for someone that has done nothing at all and really feels like they are called to now work on themselves in a particular way. Um, therapy is a shadow work and a type because what's happening in that dynamic is the person's coming and starting to just talk about things that are on their heart, on their mind, things that are troubling them. And someone and the therapist is now a person to hear what they're saying. And a lot of the times when the patient is just talking, they can have a chance to hear themselves out loud. And this is why talking to friends and like family is so therapeutic for a lot of people, um, because you get to hear yourself And really process what's on your mind. Um, But the therapist is also playing a particular role of a parent too, whether the patient knows it or not, whether the client knows it or not, because the therapist is supposed to be unbiased and also be kind of like that third party person that's removed from the situation that's just going to listen and really provide unconditional space, right? For the person to feel whatever they need to feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately in family dynamics that doesn't usually happen, right? Because our parents and our siblings all have a perception of us and they always Put that on us mm-hmm. so that's for like you know the absolute beginner and then uh-huh. with um, other types of shadow work and that can be anything that can be somatic experience that can be um breath work that can that can be yoga that can be the physical practice of yoga that can be mindfulness that can be meditation it's just really anything um that brings the mind back to the self mm-hmm. Right. And brings a little bit more awareness and more consciousness to the self rather than constantly looking outside of us. Yeah. Or um, either the answer or just constantly focusing on the outside, thinking that that's all there is.
1: Right. Right. And that's such a nice way to think about working on yourself that it's not like, oh, I see a therapist once a week, so I'm working on myself. It's really so much more than that, and also doesn't have to be that. And I think that when we feel there's, I don't mean to make this binary, but it's either we, I need help, I go to therapy, or I don't need therapy, I'm just going to do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I exercise, exercise is my therapy. You've kind of made me realize that there's different avenues that we need to perform in order to tune inward rather than outward, whether that we do multiple different things like different types of exercise or different types of eating or different types of community building or different types of, you know, shadow work versus therapy or, you know, even spirituality. There's so many different ways that we tools we could use to turn inward to help us grow and move forward and heal than just like classic talk therapy that some people work for some people doesn't work for others. And I feel like we need to normalize that maybe therapy isn't the only choice and maybe the right choice for everyone? In what ways does someone feel
0: growth with shadow work? Like, what are some common mm-hmm. things that people experience? Yeah. And I guess that question is also like, how do you know if it's working or not? Right. Because right. at the end of the day, it's like, okay, how do you know something's healed? Right. And I think, um, in terms of, let's say, the emotional, mental, you know, spiritual aspect, you'll start to feel less resistant to something, right? So let's give an example of relationships, right? Like let's say a romantic relationship and let's say um, a person is definitely afraid of romantic relationships because they got burned over and over and over again. And they were um, feeling really rejected, right? You know, from the whole process. So that person, So you're starting from a place of like, terrified right like i don't want to even get near that person i'm terrified of dating doesn't even want to go on dating apps because it's terrifying right yeah. when you're working on these things and start to bring light and start to integrate these things right what you're really doing is starting to bring harmony of these different disjointed parts that are actually working against each other right so we have different parts within us mm-hmm. um, and you can have a part that desperately wants to be in a relationship and then another part that says hell no we're not going to be in a relationship because every time we are we get hurt really badly. So you can almost think of it like two people within your brain. And a lot of the times it sounds like it, right? You'll be like, oh, but I really want to. But then at the same time, you'll be like, no, but don't do it. And you'll hear these voices in your head. And those voices are legit, they're real. And there's different aspects of you. Um, Once you start to actually start to integrate them and bring harmony to them and bring awareness between even these two parts, you'll start to notice them actually working together. And so when you, let's say, go on the app, you'll ironically feel like, huh, I want to maybe turn that app on, right? Mm -hmm. Or even like sign in, you know, let's say you haven't signed in for a really long time. And then you're like, oh, that feels okay. Oh, I actually do want to flip and scroll through things, right? It's the feeling that is kind of the guidance system of whether something is healing or not. Mm -hmm. Because let's say someone messages you and you're like wall, right. And you start to feel that I feel anxiety. I don't want to do this. And you start to backtrack. Then there's something there that needs to be worked on. Right. And integrated. And that's where shadow work comes into play. You can be like, okay, like what's going on here? What are you afraid of? Where's the anxiety? Asking why is a really great, you know, start of just like why questions. And then once you work through that, um, and give it some time, you might notice that when you do the thing again, you'll no longer feel the anxiety. You're like, okay, great. I took a step forward. And so it's just that process again and again, and again, with all these different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause it, you made me, you reminded me of an exercise that we did, which was a limiting, I think it was a limiting belief exercise. And I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what belief it was. And mm-hmm. you knew what belief it was, but I, I didn't know. And you kept saying like, but why would that be so bad? And everything I said, then you'd be like, but why would that be so bad? And you kept saying that to me. And then I eventually realized I had a lot of self-worth issues. And now it's funny because it's like, I don't even have to go on that journey. I'm like, a belie- like whatever, my shadow will come up or a belief will come up and I'll be hit with it. And I'm like, oh, that's that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like the self-awareness is just, become so much stronger because of the journey and the reflective practices and the like, honestly guidance that I've been able to have, but like you are your own best friend in this journey. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That awareness is so important um, because whether we heal something ultimately at the end of the day or not, it kind of doesn't matter because these things will come up, you know. Because there's it's such a layered effect, right? So we, even if we're like, "Oh, I'm I'm done with this. I got it packed away. I got mm-hmm. it figured out." Guess mm-hmm. what? Something else is gonna come up, and we're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" This we haven't actually dealt with it, right? It's another right. like perspective right. of it that we need yeah. to, in a sense, see. But the turnover time is quicker because exactly because you're familiar with it and you'll be like, oh, this feeling is familiar. And so most likely this is a self-worth issue. So you'll know where to go right away. Right. And so the the process of actually the integration will be so much faster than it was once was.
1: Yeah. And it's so interesting to compare that.
0: And so when you start to become aware of these shadow aspects, right, and even belief systems, your communication gets infinitely better, right? Mm -hmm. Because now it's not this weird feeling that you're just having, right, that you can't explain, It's, oh no, it's this. And then the person now can respond by saying, oh wow, I didn't know I was making you feel that way. I'm sorry about that, or whatever solution that you come to. And so that is the key being also, right, the key variable to having a healthy relationship. Right. Can you, right, really discern and um, understand what's happening within you in terms of your emotion? And then can you actually communicate that to the person? So whether it's a romantic partner or your family member or a friend, no matter what it is it is, it's all the same.
1: Yeah, right. So how would this play into sexuality and shadow work with sexuality, do you see it overlapping a lot?
0: What's your experience? It all overlaps, totally. And, you know, I've worked on my own sexuality when it comes to shadow work and they are very interconnected because a lot of our belief systems and how we view ourselves in terms of a sexual being even Mm -hmm. is um, based in a lot of our parents' trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And so now, yeah, now being a mother, I can see actually how a lot of the parents' trauma around sexuality can be passed down literally verbally, too, with the belief mm-hmm. systems, but also energetically, of just like, oh no, we can't go there, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can see how that's actually transferred onto the child. And even though I have a son, it's there, it comes up, and it comes up for me as a mother, and this is regardless of sex, too, um, because we are all sexual beings, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what gender you identify as, Um, and so it's, it really pulls from that place of like, wow, my own sexuality, you know, and the shadows behind it and the unhealed aspects, it starts to pop up in a lot of different places. And if you don't have a child, then it's in relationships, right? Or the relationship with yourself and how you view yourself.
1: Right, right. That's very interesting to me, just this, this whole journey of self-reflection and like learning about yourself and learning about other people and how other people affect you and and just that but being a person navigating other people sexually or not interpersonally or not is so interesting to me and I just can't imagine going through this life without the gift of self-reflection and the gift of working on yourself because I mean, there's a reason, right? That you're, you do this work because you want to help people because there's a gift on the other
0: end of this, right? Yeah. And, and that gift is almost like just peace, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Not having to fight everything, you know? Right. Resistance is really painful, you yeah. know? Um, And that feeling of resisting, resisting life, resisting pain, resisting, you know, a process, you know, it's, it's, that if it can be released or if we can surrender to it as much as possible that is the grace of life where we can just flow from place to place Mm -hmm. um and we all want to get to a place and I think this is healing where you know in the beginning you're like I want to heal everything right let's get to 100% of healing and then you quickly realize wow, it doesn't work that way and then you kind of create flexibility within the healing, Mm
1: -hmm. knowing
0: that it is a journey. And so we all wanna get to a place where it's like, okay, if you can never 100% heal yourself, right? And if you cannot ever 100% get rid of your shadows, right? Or heal your shadows, then what do we do, right? What's the purpose of healing at all?
1: Right. And really
0: the purpose is being able to go with the flow of life. Right. Because life always, yeah, yeah, throw you curveballs. Life there always be down. You know, parts of life and really highs of life. Right. That is permanent. That will not ever change. Yeah. Right. So if that won't ever change, we want to enjoy the roller coaster ride. Yeah. Right. right? And not fear and be as you're going up, being like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Um, and then go down, like, oh okay, this is okay. And then I don't want to do this. And that's painful yeah. when you're. existing upward motion, Mm -hmm. right? Or even the downward motion, whatever you hate the most, you know? (laughs) And we want to just end up enjoying the ride.
1: Yeah. Wow. That is such a good reminder and such a good way to think about literally life and life goals. Like that is like the ultimate life goal, (laughs) whether you realize it or not. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that I didn't mention um, when we were talking about that topic is, Kind of like my own like process with my own sexuality and you know I kind of like brought that up a little bit um and and how that like, shadow work is so interconnected with that you know like there were moments for me where I had to and this was all my own you know um um, let's say my own doing, um, because I was noticing that yeah, like when I was being intimate with my husband, like it, there were emotions that were coming up where I'm like, I know this was taught to me. I know this, this is very subconscious, and I feel it. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of whatever, right? Um, and actually. The sh- like there's a lot of shadows around even like fetishes, right? Things like that. Yeah. That yeah. is actually really deeply interplayed with um our belief systems and our traumas and uh particularly traumas with fetishes. But um so I did a little bit of my work around my own sexuality because I'm like, yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Like I want to be able to enjoy sex, you know. I want to be able to really embody what it means to be like feminine. And since we are. Logically, I know this. Sexual beings. Why do we hide it so much, right? Why are we so afraid of it so much? Why, when we see another girl that's, you know, exudes sexuality, maybe not in like a flaunty way, but just like like confident way, do we hate her so much, or whatever you know that that dialogue is in in our culture? And um and there was a moment in time when I was trying to unpack that as well, you know, and to understand how that was being embodied within me. And so I did like really basic exercise actually in the mirror, like completely naked, you know and just like really looking at myself and hearing like what thoughts would come up as I'm like looking at different parts of my body. And I mean, to the most external as in like my eyes, my nose, my, you know, boobs, my stomach but then also very intimate, right? In in kind of like my labia or like my clitoris. So like I would go, yeah, very deep because none of us really actually look at our ourselves in that way we're just like okay we know it's there but let's not look and let's kind of ignore and maybe it'll be looked at you know during intercourse but let's not look at that either like you don't look at that right and that's why it's all dark and you know yeah, totally so shadow work, yeah shadow work has a lot to do with um bringing consciousness and awareness um and integrating shame around you know our bodies and sexuality
1: yeah what a raw exercise that you know i wonder if how it would feel to do alone without someone to turn to to have a dialogue about it with because i think to myself Oh, there's so many things I say to myself while I'm getting dressed or while I, when I see my body that I don't even realize I'm saying. Like I, I obviously know yeah. I'm saying it, but taking the yeah. intentional time to kind of body scan visually anything that comes up while looking at my body or your body is so such a fascinating exercise that is also like kind of intimidating and scary. Yeah. Because what yeah. if something comes up that you really don't want to know about yourself and it's going to send
0: you into a spiral? Yeah, yeah. And this is where um, I think it really depends on the level of consciousness. So like when someone's starting out or maybe it's a really like shameful or like, you know, sensitive topic like sexuality, and it is really super helpful to have someone guide you through it or have a grounding point so you can discuss all of this and distill all of it. Um, but if you let's say have done you know a lot of practices before, it might be easy to you know right. process that on your own. It really just depends. And And fortunately and unfortunately, I never really had someone guide me through all of that. It's, I had to learn it all myself. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And luckily YouTube was a huge resource as well. Um, And I'm somewhat level-headed where I don't get too swept away with, you know, a person or personality or an influencer where I can kind of still like step back and be like, okay do i really jive with what they're saying and kind of like cherry pick you know the things that resonate and don't resonate Um. yeah yeah i found that i always talk about this
1: one exercise that i do for myself and it's kind of would work perfectly for checking in after you absorb content from someone else because i would do it when after dates and i Mm -hmm. would just like take a moment to myself and be like how do i feel how do i feel about this person how do i feel about this dynamic?" like what's coming up and not like assigning it to anything, just like noticing what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is so easy when you're like doom scrolling or doom researching or whatever to subconsciously get messaging that of like lack of worthiness or like, you're, you know, you're doing something wrong or like, this is wrong. Or, but when you take the time to intentionally acknowledge the sensation you feel after you, Absorb something, mm-hmm. you get more information that way. You can kind of pick and choose, like, oh, something's coming up for me. I want to look at that, or this doesn't res- resonate with me. I don't want to like absorb it into myself. Um, it's so important to be intentional with yourself and what you choose to engage with. Final question: What is your biggest life lesson to date? It can be as simple as you want it to be. Nothing fancy just wisdom.
0: Yeah, well, my biggest life lesson that's happening now is my son. (laughs) And um, being a parent, you know, and a mother at that. uh, I don't necessarily know if I've gotten the wisdom uh, out of this experience yet. But it is an experience that I felt really called to do. Not when I was young. Um, It was really when I met Brian, my husband, and, you know, like, I was just like, oh, I want to have a kid with him, you know, that there was something there. But I think within the realm of being a parent, um, the wisdom I think of kind of bringing all of this together is that, and it's really hard to explain because within me, like I really feel all of these spiritual sayings, you know, um, and then in the self-help world and then even in the physical healing world, like how they're all really the same. And also how things are getting so polarized now of like, we have to come back to realizing that the most important thing is relating to each other, right? Our relationships, that we're starting to forget that we are truly one, right? And that your well-being is actually my well-being. And, um, you know, beautiful metaphor is like, you know, what people are starting to realize is that if you know, I am I, they're starting to disconnect with different parts of the body and this can be literal, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say a finger is another person. What they're saying is like, oh, the finger is no longer me, right? You're doing you and you can do whatever the hell you wanna do over there, but that doesn't affect me. So I'm gonna block you out. I'm gonna disconnect you from my life. And we're not gonna have a friendship anymore. I'm gonna drop you, right? What people don't understand is that the finger is connected to you, right? That this is all working as a system, right? That we can't ever say people over in, you know, China or Africa, or even our neighbor is separate from us because those are different parts of our body and the body as a whole, right? Is mother earth. It's you, it's spirit. It's everything. It's the universe, and we have to start looking and zooming out on, wow, this finger, if it's hurt, guess what? The whole body is suffering, right? Right. And the whole body is trying pain. to, yeah. Yeah. Like we're trying to bring energy to heal that finger. Right. right? Um, and even though we don't feel it in our toe and our foot, right. Foot might not be feeling the pain of the finger. Well, the whole system is mm-hmm. right. And the whole system is working towards healing. Okay. And so healing is always happening no matter what we think it is or not.
1: Right.
0: Well, that's great wisdom.
1: Healing is always happening, whether we think it is or not.